0: Okay, welcome back to the EmStud Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Scott Weeters, your EMED coach, coming to you live from the podcast studios here in my beautiful office. I've got with me today an interesting person. We're going to go a little bit out there into the emotional intelligence area, professionalism, and that's always something that's so hard to measure, and it's on our shift cards, it's on our evaluations, and you know it when you see it, but it's hard to talk about, but I've got an expert today. So with me today is Dr. Bobby Ann White, And so Dr. White, thank you for joining us on the EM Stud Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I was reading through your title and you've got a PhD, congratulations, just graduated. And you list yourself as an educator, consultant, and career coach. Tell us about what you do.
1: That's accurate. Um, I'm a little bit of a generalist. I avoided getting my doctorate for a long time because I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I primarily work as an educator at the College of Medicine at Texas a and College of Medicine. And I teach several different topics, communication being one of them, leadership being another, and uh, also fell into cultural humility, which is a lot of fun, I do a elective on that. I uh, do a little bit of career coaching and that is by demand. That's not something that I necessarily wanted to do. I have a background in organizational psychology and because of that background, I'm very familiar with the application process. So I help medical students and then the medical students come back to me as residents and then as fellows and ask me for help through their process of getting a job, interview skills, things like that.
0: Yeah, certainly a a real utility player and a valuable one at that. I think our students really have benefited from a lot of the the leadership skills that Dr. White shared with them. We did a class together recently, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I certainly learned quite a bit. So the topic today is emotional intelligence. So that might be a new term for people. Why don't you unpack that and tell us kind of what that is?
1: Yeah, so emotional intelligence, break it down simply because it does seem extremely vague. And when you break it down simply, it's two primary components. You have self and other, which other people call it um, personal awareness and social awareness. I like self and other just because it's simpler. Um, But then whenever you break it down even further, there are components that go within those. So whenever it comes to self, you need to not only be aware of yourself, but also how to manage yourself. So it's not, you can't stop at just being aware of your own emotions and your own uh, motives and actions. You also have to be able to manage those. Um, and then whenever it comes to other, you want to be able to work with other people, understand what it is that, that their motives are potentially, and then also manage those relationships. So if you're effectively assessing another person, then you can effectively move your relationship forward.
0: Gotcha, so that, that helps a lot. Um, that's something I think we know about, but it's been formalized. There's a whole science mm-hmm. in a literature and a, a kind of a whole sub area based on emotional intelligence.
1: Absolutely, there's a huge amount of literature out there right now. And what's interesting is the literature is showing that you can have an extremely high IQ, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful. What really dictates your success is your emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah, what's the subtitle of Goldman's book, Emotional Intelligence and Why It's More Important Than IQ, is that correct?
1: Something like that, yeah. yeah. I'm
0: halfway through the book and mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure this out. How did you become involved in this? Was there a story, an event, a life? What happened?
1: Yeah, so um, three primary things. One, my background, my master's degree is organizational. My master's degree is organizational psychology. And organizational psychology is psychology applied to business. So, of course, I'm going to be interested in emotional intelligence. Um, And that started a long time ago. But then I started teaching a selective in uh, medicine about practical leadership. And in teaching that selective, my colleague, who co-taught it with me, introduced me to a concept called resonant leadership, um, which is a spinoff of emotional intelligence. And the idea is that emotional intelligence can really help you in your leadership um, avenues. And then finally, my dissertation topic was conflict management education as a tool for leadership development in the ICU. Um, and the conflict management education or conflict management in general is a really big part of the relationship management component of emotional intelligence.
0: Very good. So we've kind of talked about a definition. We've discussed the background. Let's let's talk about some examples. So wh- what does this look like in real life?
1: Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> what it looks like is really okay. being able to... Um, when you understand your own emotions um, and understand what it is that, that makes you tick, being able to then manage how you respond to things. So instead of reacting, you know, there are a lot of reactionary people. Instead of reacting, you take time, you process, and then you respond in a rational way. Um, so that's the personal side of it. But then the, the social side of it is understanding your context. So when you're in a new situation, taking time to evaluate that situation and then responding appropriately based on the evaluation.
0: Gotcha. So what about in pop culture? Are there some examples of this that we can look to? I'm, I'm thinking right now in my own mind, but what comes to, to mind for you?
1: Yeah, so, so I'll start with the positive example. A positive example, because emotional intelligence, part of, of what um, makes you, I guess, other appropriate is being empathetic. Mm. Empathetic is a huge thing in medicine. You guys are all familiar with that concept. Um, But thinking about somebody in pop culture that is hugely empathetic, Oprah Winfrey. Whenever you think about her, think about how she leans in when she goes to talk to people. Think about how she truly tries to understand their perception, their perspective um, without judgment. That's a huge thing in emotional intelligence is really understanding others' perceptions, others' perspectives. You don't have to agree with them. I'm not saying agree with them. But at least hearing them, hearing where they're coming from, and understanding them. Um, and
0: I guess that's why Lance Armstrong chose to come to her, and I think that's kind of an interesting pattern, huh? Okay. That's a good
1: question. I think people do feel safe with her. That's another mm-hmm. thing about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence builds trust. It builds a, a area of safety and comfort, and so um, that's why it's so important with leadership.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think of. Uh, maybe poor emotional intelligence. I think of Michael Scott from The Office. Mm -hmm. So this guy is constantly giving praise to people inappropriately and can, you know, condescending to people inappropriately. He's making odd assumptions about their culture, their gender. I mean, he's really just out there. Yes. And doesn't realize it. He's unaware.
1: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And, And you bring up a great point about speaking without knowing. Mm. Right. That's a huge uh, tell whenever somebody is not emotionally intelligent, somebody that will speak before they truly understand the situation, before they truly understand the other person. Um, I was thinking because a lot of our audience probably watches medical things. I was thinking (laughs) of House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And with House, he has a habit of allowing his emotions to dictate his behavior. Okay. And that's something that you definitely don't want to do. An emotionally intelligent person does not allow their emotions to dictate their behavior.
0: Gotcha. One of the popular sayings is, uh, the facts disagree with your feelings. Yes, I like that. So it seems like some of these things, a a pattern that I'm hearing from you is that oftentimes these are not aware, intentional um, acts of commission that someone plans out. These are not premeditated. They seem to be more towards the unconscious, more instinct, more... Mm -hmm. Uh, lower sections of our brain function that people are doing this. And I think of Dunning-Kruger, right? The, the people that came up with the Dunning-Kruger effect, the unconscious incompetence, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> which we all start at. Mm-hmm. And so uh, tell us about how this is unconscious, how they're uh, unaware of their own incompetence.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing is that it does require time to truly build this understanding you have to take time to do that um your your automatic go-to is not to um think through your own ideas your own your own responses but instead you react right so you have to take time to sit there maybe reflect on what it is that that you're thinking why it is that you're responding that way and then make a conscious choice to respond differently to go the rational way
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, this is a podcast for students. So let's maybe Mm -hmm. shift gears and apply this Mm -hmm. to maybe a clerkship, specifically emergency medicine, maybe, but any clerkship for that matter. And so give us a, a few examples of how a low emotional intelligence might hurt a student.
1: Yes. So this is actually perfect because when it does come to your clinicals, you are spending time going through each one. And every time you change your rotation, you have a whole new set of expectations. If you have low emotional intelligence, then you're going to have a really hard time adjusting every time you make that change. You're going to have a hard time reading your new leadership. You're going to have a hard time understanding what it is that they want. And that is what's going to get you in trouble.
0: Yeah. I mean, the students are going to come to the rotation. And and while you might have one attending you're going to work with for eight weeks in a surgery clerkship, you're going to be working with probably a different attending every shift in emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. You're going to be seeing a lot of different nurses, you're gonna be seeing a lot of technicians, you're gonna be seeing a lot of patients. And so your coworkers, your patients, your leadership are constantly changing.
1: Exactly, exactly. Your team is always changing. Um, And even in other, you know, it doesn't matter what um, rotation you're on, even in other sectors. So like your patient is gonna change, Your, your nurse will change, whoever you're working with will change. So you need to be emotionally intelligent enough to have conversations with these people and understand what their expectations are of you. Once you understand expectations, you can more likely meet them.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at our shift card here, and we all probably have a section on professionalism Mm -hmm. and interpersonal communication Mm -hmm. skills. That's just a tacit evaluation metric that that most clerkships will have. It's an EPA, it's Mm EPA-9. And so I'm just reading across here, and so someone that may be at the lower end of function, we're just talking about this, they they may not respond to other emotions well that's kind of exactly what we're taking this directly from our shift card. so there's emotional intelligence that we're being assessed with in our Mm -hmm. clerkships and the other end of this reads that you're you read complex emotional situations and negotiate conflicts that's kind of an expert higher level function that someone of your expertise would be able to achieve Mm -hmm. i can't do that i'm probably in the middle here somewhere but Give me some actual examples in crisis or conflicts that you've dealt with that had emotional intelligence at their core problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and I would actually say, we had talked a little bit earlier about professionalism. I would actually say that usually whenever somebody's in trouble for professionalism, it's because of a lack of emotional intelligence. Mm. Um, And the situations that I'm familiar with, it's... um, usually a resident fellow, somebody who is not necessarily understanding the situation. Um, They're having an issue with a nurse. The nurse is then having an issue with them. And it's because they're not communicating. They're not understanding each other. They're not taking the time to actually have a conversation um, and to understand where each other is coming from, each other's perceptions, ideas.
0: Okay. So we've talked about some examples of this. We've looked at our shift card and we've talked about how this is gonna be something the students will be assessed on. How do we then improve? I mean, I can teach you how to do a central line. You can read about medical conditions. How do we improve our own emotional intelligence?
1: That is a great question. And it's, it's something that can be done. You just have to take time. And I think that that's a detriment to people in medicine because they don't have a lot of extra time. Um, And you don't spend time doing this during medical school. Really, that's part of why I like doing my elective is that I make students take time to reflect. Um,
0: And can you remind the students of what class that is?
1: Yeah, it's called Self and Culture.
0: Self and culture. Make sure you take
1: that. Okay. (laughs) So they take time to reflect and really think about how they're going to handle certain situations in the clinic in the future. And that's one of the ways, one of the many ways that you can start processing. So self-reflection and the way that you do that is through um, journaling, if you're a journaler or... If you're much more high-tech than that, you can use um, a dictaphone, something that, that allows you to self-reflect. But don't stop there. That goes back to the core aspects of emotional intelligence. You can't stop at just understanding yourself. You then have to actively look at how am I going to change my response. So looking at how you're going to change your response and even practicing that because that starts recoding your brain. Think about a conversation that you had where um, you had practiced in advance what you were going to say, what you were going to do. It probably went a lot better than an impromptu conversation. Mm. Um, So practicing changing your behavior.
0: Now if a lot of this is unconscious and we're unaware of this how can we then self-reflect? Do we need outside intervention?
1: (laughs) No that's an excellent question and some of it you can you can self-reflect on by recognizing how others responded to you Um, and then also recognizing there are times where you see somebody responding to you and you know that you didn't handle a situation appropriately. So looking at the situation, but then also what I call truth tellers. We all have to have truth tellers in our life. You know, you have the friend that will back you up no matter what, even if you do something dumb. And then you have the friend that will say, well, go to your truth teller well friend. Your friend that will call you out and say, you know, that probably wasn't how you needed to handle that situation um, and give you specifics about that.
0: My wife calls it keeping me within pinching distance. Oh, there you go. So if we're at a a dinner party or something, she keeps me within pinching distance (laughs) because... She's my truth teller. Now, how do we learn more about emotional intelligence if we're interested? Obviously, you've given us a lot of insight in, in this, but you've read a, a mountain of literature. There's there's books, there's seminars. What can we do as students to read more about and learn more about emotional intelligence?
1: Yeah, so there are multiple books out there. Um, there's one that's super quick. It's I, I call it the Cliff's Notes version. And um, it's called Emotional Intelligence Secrets from Experts. And that one, you can get it on Audible. I think it's not even a half an hour, super quick. Um, Highly recommend that one because it really does condense it for you and give you everything you need. And then there, go back to the original, you know, Emotional Intelligence 1.0, Emotional Intelligence 2.0, whatever it is. And then if you're looking for um, an opportunity to potentially self-reflect on your leadership and emotional intelligence, there's actually a workbook out there which is kind of nice and i've used it in my selective before and it's a resonant leadership workbook um that those are all different ways but a way that i would actually recommend is find somebody who's a little bit like-minded, who enjoys the topic, um, that's one of the ways that I started developing even more a bigger interest, is talking to colleagues, talking to mentors, people who are really interested. And you'd be surprised how many people are familiar with the topic and want to have that conversation.
0: Gotcha. And if there's a, there are some tests on the internet that we've seen. Talk to us about some of those.
1: Yeah, so um, I wasn't super familiar with the free tests. Um, There are are tests out there that cost money, of course, because everybody likes to copyright their material and make sure that you uh, pay your money to get their information. Um, But there are definitely tests out there. If you're already familiar with the content of emotional intelligence, you'll have an idea of maybe what the answer should be. Um, But maybe if you're just getting started, go out and take the test first and then do your reading. That might be fun.
0: So we, we pulled one up here and I won't tell the name of the website, but it gives you a scenario. So maybe you can coach me through this since you're a career coach okay, and an educator. So I'm gonna try this out. So the question is, I'm on an airplane which suddenly hits extremely bad turbulence and begins rocking from side to side. What do you do? A, continue to read your book or magazine or watch a movie paying little attention to the turbulence. I try to fake that a lot, but I'm uncomfortable with it. Um, become wary of an emergency. Well, I'm an emergency physician. Carefully monitor the flight attendance and reading the emergency instructions card. So I've, I've read them countless times, but I guess it's good to know where the exits are and things. Um, the other answers are a little bit of both above. <laughs> yeah. Okay, probably try a little bit of that. Uh, I'm not sure, never noticed. No, that's, that's off. I think the right answer is become wary of an emergency, carefully monitor the flight attendants and read the instruction card.
1: Well, and if you think about emotional intelligence, right? You need to be aware of yourself and aware of the situation. Okay. So a couple of those pretty much eliminate the second half of emotional intelligence, right? Um, Two of them are basically saying you're not aware of the situation at all. Gotcha. Um, So you can easily eliminate those. Uh, I think your answer sounds like a, a good one.
0: All right, so one for one. Let's see here. Okay, we're going to move on to the next question here. Let's see. Ooh. A group of four-year-olds are in the park, and one of them starts crying because the others won't play with her. What do you do? A, stay out of it. Let the kids deal with it on their own. B, talk to her and help her figure out ways in which to get the other kids to play with her. C, tell her in a kind voice not to cry. And D, try to distract the crying girl by showing her some other things she could play with hmm this is interesting um
1: so rationalize the first one um stay out of it that one so there there's a component of emotional intelligence that talks about rising above drama and i don't think we talked about that in this session it talks about not inserting yourself into drama um when it's not necessary Hmm. um so that one's a tricky one and that my first inclination would be that however it's not the whole picture
0: gotcha okay what about b talk to her and help her figure out ways to get the other kids to play with her
1: i think that's a good way to coach
0: yeah it's a good There's way a to roll for that maybe
1: there is definitely
0: tell her in a kind voice not to cry i mean that might be part of the approach but does that give us a full understanding of the context okay try to distract the girl by showing her some other things she could play with
1: Mm-hmm. so redirection
0: redirection Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where I would lead with this, although I'm tempted by B.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, if it's my kid, if it's somebody else, that maybe makes a difference. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> a little well, more context here.
1: And the thing about B is that it it's trying to reintegrate her into the situation, trying okay. to help her understand the situation. And because it's entirely possible, an example recently with my son was he came home and said, I don't want to play with so-and-so because he's not nice. So I talk to him. What does that mean to you? He's not nice. Well, he doesn't want to play what I want to play. Well, that doesn't mean he's not nice. Um, So sometimes you have to get down to the bottom of what it is and then help him reintegrate into that situation.
0: So sounds like talk to her and help her figure out ways to get the other kids to play with her might be the most complex Mm -hmm. and robust. So that's the answer. We'll see. (laughs) Assume you hope to get an A in one of your courses, but you've just found out you got a C minus on the midterm. What do you do? A, sketch out a specific plan for ways to improve your grade and resolve to follow through on your plans. That sounds like a pretty good plan. Uh, Resolve to do better in the future. I can't disagree with that. C, tell yourself it really doesn't matter much how you do in that particular course and concentrate instead on other classes where your grades are higher. Seems a little dismissive. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to the professor and try to talk to her into giving you a better grade. <laughs> um, common approach, not too successful. Um, thoughts on these?
1: Yeah, so it goes back to the the cores, right? Which is um, essentially understanding where you are and um, then understanding how to respond to that in a rational way. Um, I'm going to go with just thinking about organizational psychology in general, um, number two isn't going to work so well because you don't have an actual plan. Yeah, you don't have a goal. to do better in the future. Have, it's just right.
0: nonspecific. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You're not visualizing how you're going to change, how you're going to make that gotcha. better. Um, and then the number three, rationalizing, basically trying to make yourself feel better, but it's not improving. And yeah, tell yourself it
0: doesn't matter is almost right. just shoving it underneath the bed or the carpet. Yeah.
1: And EI is all about self-improvement. Okay. All about moving forward and and improving Mm. yourself along the way. Go to the professor? Definitely not.
0: Definitely not. Okay. Yeah, that usually works out poorly. (laughs) So it looks like we're going to sketch out a specific plan for ways to improve your grade and resolve to follow through on your plans. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we're seeing a pattern. All right. Well, you might consider taking more tests like this and assessing your emotional intelligence. Uh, Dr. Bobby Ann White, thank you for coaching me through this session on emotional intelligence. Of course. If people want to learn more about your work or get in touch with you, do you have a Twitter handle or ways of contact that you'd like to offer? Uh,
1: So I do have a website through the College of Medicine. They can just actually, if you Google me, my website pops up right away and my email address should be on there.
0: Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on to the EM Stud podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. If you want to learn more about our organization, please go to www.cdemcurriculum.com. That's clerkship directors and emergency medicine curriculum.com. On behalf of my colleague, ER Dr. Nate, this is your EMAID coach, Dr. Scott Weeder, signing off for another edition of the EM Stud podcast. Rotate well, my friends.